Amen. Are, are you guys excited? Yeah. Prayer is one of the most important, I don't have the right words. Prayer is so important for a Christian. Do you agree? Prayer is very important for a Christian. We are taught to pray since we are young. And if you are in a Christian, if you're coming from a Christian background, somehow you have a template of how to pray, right? That is what has been taught by our parents. Uh, but to be honest, not most prayers bring results. Isn't that true? Do all our prayers, have they brought results? Some prayers bring results, some prayers don't bring results. It's like, it's like throwing a dart, you know. Sometimes it hits the mark, sometimes it doesn't hit the mark. Right? So if you are someone who really wants to know why is my prayer not bringing any result, why is, it bring in, why is it being so ineffective? I want to show you one key, okay? Today, I just want to show you one key, which is so powerful. But if you get this key, it will absolutely change your prayer life. Like, if you get this key, the moment you finish your prayer, you know that you have received it. Even before you have seen it, you know that you have received it. Okay? Are you excited? Okay, so listen, listen to me with attention, okay? Be, be very attentive. You know, when you go for a job interview, the interviewer is asking you questions to judge you based on two things. They're trying to judge you, judge your attitude, and they're trying to judge your aptitude. Attitude, aptitude. At, attitude is, what's your character like? Huh? How do you behave? you know, especially in a stressful situation. What, what is your attitude like? Aptitude is your knowledge and your skill. You, you need both. You can't just have the character, they won't hire you. You can't just have the aptitude, you need both. You need attitude and aptitude. Similarly, in our Christian journey, our maturity, spiritual maturity is based on two main things, which is attitude, which is the character of Christ, aptitude, which is the knowledge of Christ. What are the two things? Attitude, which is the character of Christ, and aptitude, which is the knowledge of Christ. In other words, attitude is the purity of Christ that flows in and through our lives. How effective we are to show to the world the purity of Jesus. That's our attitude. The aptitude is how effective we are to experience and to show to the world the power of Christ. Spiritual maturity is based on both purity of Christ and the power of Christ. Isn't it true? If you just meet a person who is very good in the power of Christ, you know, he's very good in demonstrating the power, but has no purity doesn't complete the circle. So you need both. You need purity. You need power. You need character. You need the knowledge of Christ. Right? So Jesus said, he told his disciple, I will give you the keys of the kingdom. Keys. Keys are not singular. They are plural. Keys meaning multiple keys. There's just not one key. There is a lot of keys. The problem with us is we get one key it works for us and then we just keep staying there because this is what has worked for me. It worked for me in 1947, it will work for me today. There are keys in the kingdom. Say with me, keys. Okay, and Jesus said, I have come to give you the keys of the kingdom. I give you the keys of the kingdom. So you need keys, not just one key. You need keys because every key opens a unique dimension in the kingdom. Every key opens a unique dimension. I, I just want to take a moment and say this. Every denomination within Christianity is holding on to one key that has opened up for them. And they look at the other denomination and they're like, you don't know the truth. It's like, I'll tell you something. There's a story of five blind men visiting an elephant, right? One person gets to hold the trunk, the other person gets to hold the tail, the other person gets to hold the stomach, the other person gets to hold the ears. Everybody is arguing, this is what the elephant is like. Why? Because they can't see. 
Were they wrong in what they were communicating? No. But was that the whole truth that they saw? So we need the entire keys of the kingdom. Say with me, I need the entire keys. Because it's every key opens a unique dimension. That's why I say for the, for the last 2,000 years, the church is not dying. The church is growing because every passing year, a new key has been opened up. Stuff that our parents did not see, we are seeing. Stuff we don't see, our children will see. It's, it's being carried forward. We're standing on top, of, on top of our parents' shoulders. Similarly, our children will be standing on top of our shoulders. You know, what we, what we see, they probably don't see. But let's not forget, we are standing on their shoulders. It's because of them that we are here. Okay? Keys of the kingdom. We need keys of the kingdom. And one such key is thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. You know, we think thanksgiving is, ah, what's the big deal? Most of our prayers are ineffective because it lacks thanksgiving. Most of our prayers are ineffective because it lacks thanksgiving. Thanksgiving gives you the atmosphere for the prayer to become like a pregnant woman and deliver the baby. It's thanksgiving. I don't know what's the right word. You know, when a, when a baby is formed in the mother's womb, there's water bag. Thanksgiving is that, that protects your prayer until the prayer brings results. If you, you can pray all as much as you want, but if there's no thanksgiving, there'll be no fruit in your life. There'll be no result. So that's why, you know, we get into this whole mechanical idea of praying. You know, come on, let's just pray. Oh, I have to pray. And I'm, I'm saying you should be disciplined to pray, please. You should be disciplined to pray. If you're waking up in the morning, great, awesome. But if it is just a mechanical routine of just praying without an attitude of thanksgiving, that prayer is ineffective. So this key of thanksgiving, I'm going to show you this key of thanksgiving opens five doors. Okay? It opens five doors. The first one it opens is, it aligns us with God's character and will. What's the first door? It aligns us with God's character and will. If you're here and if you're not taking notes, I, I wonder what you'll remember by the end of the sermon, okay? So the first key is thanksgiving. What does thanksgiving do? It opens the door to aligning ourselves into God's character and will. Now, how do I know that? Let me show you a verse. Psalms 92, verse 1 and 2. Psalms 92. It is good to give thanks. Say with me, good. It is good to give thanks to the Lord. It is not okay, okay. It is good. It is excellent to give thanks to the Lord. You know, there was this guy who came to Jesus and he said, Oh, good teacher, can you teach me this? And Jesus said, Hey, don't you know that only the Father is good? Is that right? That means if the Bible says it is good to give thanks, meaning gratitude is God's character. Even though he doesn't have to be grateful for anything. It is God's character. Being grateful is God's character. It is good to give thanks. Is there anything that God owes anybody? Is there anything that God needs to be grateful for? In terms of our logical reasoning, is there anything that God needs to be grateful for? But that is God's character. You come into the room, wow, thank you. He doesn't know you, but that's, his, that's who he is. He's, he's, he is a being that does not depend on transaction. Like us, right? If you give me a chocolate, I'll say thank you. He's not that. He, his character is a character of being grateful. Gratitude is his character. What irritates God the most, do you know? Do you know what irritates God the most? Murmuring and grumbling irritates God the most. 
You know, most of our prayers that we think are very holy prayers is just murmuring and grumbling. It irritates God the most. The Israelites, they were in the wilderness. They kept on grumbling. They kept on murmuring. God was so angry at them. I want to show you a verse, 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 9 and 10. We must not put Christ to the test as some of them did and were destroyed by serpents, nor grumble as some of them did and were destroyed by the destroyer. Did you know that every time you grumble, you are attracting the spirit of the destroyer? You're attracting destruction in your life. Every time you grumble. How many times do we grumble? Think about it. All the time. Why? You either grumble or you are either grateful. You cannot be you cannot carry bo both grumbling and thanksgiving at the same boat. It does not happen. So if you're not grateful, you are what, what are you doing? You're grumbling. Yeah, you probably are not saying it with words, but you're, you're grumbling here. You're murmuring here. You're frustrated with God. You're probably not using the words to say, you're saying, oh God, I love you, but it's not coming from an attitude of thanksgiving. What are you doing? You're grumbling. It irritates God. Do you know what irritates the devil? Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving irritates the devil. It frustrates the devil. If you are a man, a woman of thanksgiving, the devil will be so frustrated with you. The devil, devil will tell his demons, you know, yeah, forget about it. Just, yeah, I try to deal with him. No hope. Thanksgiving is anti-demonic. No demon will ever inspire you to give thanks to the Lord. No demon. But do you know how many demons will inspire you to grumble? Especially when you come to the church? But this is not right. That is not right. I wish this was better. It's demonic. Thanksgiving is from the Lord. It aligns you with God's character. Aligns you with God's character. The moment you give thanks, you know, genuine, you are grateful. You are aligning yourself with the character of God. I'll show you one more thing. First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 18, it says, Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. It doesn't say give thanks in good circumstances. Give thanks in when your bank balance is good. Give thanks in all circumstances. You might be going through a bad, rough patch, right? You, you might be going through a difficult season. Give thanks in all circumstances. Why? For this is the will of God. When you give thanks, you're aligning yourself to God's character and His will. Did you know Romans chapter 12 verse 2 says like this, God's will is good, pleasing, and perfect. God's will is never bad. Or God's will is not just okay, okay in a season. God's will is always good, pleasing, and perfect. If God's will is good, pleasing, and perfect, then why don't we feel good? It's because we are not aligned with His will. We are constantly judging God. Oh, this is happening? Probably, God, this is what you intend from me. Did you know that we don't get to judge God because we don't see what He sees? Does anybody see what he sees? Paul says we prophesy in parts because we see in parts. No prophecy is whole. So, you know, when people come to me and say, oh, I was prophesied this and, you know, this did not happen. Relax. Prophecy is in parts because they also see in parts. Only God sees the entire picture. We don't get to judge God, but we get to trust him. Why do we get to trust Him? In spite of these changing circumstances, everything is changing. But I know that your nature, your goodness for me is ever, is always for me. Your intentions are always good for me. I can trust that. Oh, when my bill comes, right? When some expenses come, which I did not anticipate for, but I still can trust the character of God. It is God's will for us to give thanks in everything.
in everything, good or bad. So I want to challenge you. Challenge you. Can you give thanks irrespective of the circumstance? Can you give thanks? You probably you were waiting for that promotion. It didn't happen. Can you give thanks? You probably you were waiting for that marriage proposal to come through. Can you give thanks? You probably were waiting for that girl to say yes so that you could get married to her. Will you give thanks? I'm saying irrespective of, irrespective of your changing circumstances, can you give thanks? Can you give thanks? That's why I love what Habakkuk says. You know, Habakkuk 3 was 17 to 18. Listen to this. Just listen to this. Though the fig tree should not blossom. Why does he say that? Because the fig tree is supposed to blossom but it did not blossom, right? Nor fruit beyond the wines. The produce of the olive fail, and the fields yield no food. The flock be cut off from the fold, and there be no herds in the stalls. Yet, everything that I was hoping for, it didn't happen yet. I was hoping for that promotion. I was hoping for that increment. I was hoping for that thing to come through. Yet, what does he say? Yet, I will rejoice in the Lord. I will take joy in the God of my salvation. I don't care. I don't care what circumstances I'm going through. I'm going to rejoice in the Lord. I don't care what is coming against me. I'm not going to let the devil steal this joy. Joy of the Lord comes when you are truly grateful for what he has done. Truly grateful for who he is. What's the first door? It aligns you with God's character and his will. The second door, thanksgiving gets you heaven's attention. What does it do? It gets you heaven's attention. Come with me to Philippians chapter 4 verse 6. Do not be anxious about, no, you can be anxious about something. You can be anxious about the spiritual stuff. What does it say? Do not be anxious about do you know that there is no legal right for you to be anxious about? There's no logical, legal reason for you to be anxious about. If you truly trust in who God says he is, you have nothing to be anxious about. That's why Paul says, do not be anxious about anything. But then he says, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Do you want your prayer to be made known to God? Because there are prayers that are not made known to God. Prayers that are made known to God are prayers that are done with thanksgiving. So just imagine, in a day, how many prayers go from the earth to the heaven? Huh? Just imagine with me, if there are like letters, prayers, letters of prayers that are going to heaven. Do you know which takes preeminence, which takes priority? The one that is full of thanksgiving. When you give thanks, it gets heaven's attention. That's why the psalmist says like this, enter his courts with thanksgiving. Enter his, it doesn't say enter his courts with grumbling and murmuring. No, enter his courts with thanksgiving. Because when you give thanks, something opens up. Heaven's op heaven opens up for you. You get heaven's attention. My third point is thanksgiving Thanksgiving multiplies everything that you have. What does it do? It multiplies everything that you have. What's my verse? Jeremiah. Jeremiah chapter 30 verse 19. Out of them shall come songs of thanksgiving and the voices of those who celebrate. So listen to those whose songs are of thanksgiving. What happens? God says, I will multiply them. Say with me, I will multiply them. Lighthouse, do you want to multiply? The secret is thanksgiving. God says, I will multiply them and they shall not be few. I will make them honored and they shall not be small. Thanksgiving multiplies. You remember in John chapter 6 when Jesus multiplies the bread and the fish, even before he asked his disciples, the Bible says it very, very clearly, Jesus knew what he was going to do. Jesus knew what he was going to do, but still, you know, he's playing a game with his disciples. Hey, you feed them. They say, how can we feed? Say, 
Tell me, what do you have? He says, we only have five bread and two fish. Bring it to me. What does he do? He takes the five bread, two fish. He breaks them. He gives thanks. And it multiplies when he gives them to the disciples to distribute as they are distributing. It multiplies. It is in the it is in the atmosphere of thanksgiving that multiplication can happen. Without thanksgiving, your multiplication cannot happen. Amen? Okay. Let's revise. What are the three, three points? The first one, aligns with God's character and His will. What's the second one? Gets you heaven's attention. What's the third one? Multiplies everything that you have. The fourth one, Thanksgiving not only brings you health, but brings you wholeness. Thanksgiving not only brings you health, but also brings wholeness. Let me show you something. Luke chapter 17. Luke chapter 17 was 11. 11 onwards. This is Jesus. On the way to Jerusalem... He was passing along between Samaria and Galilee. And as he entered a village, he was met by ten lepers who stood at a distance and lifted up their voices saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy upon us. When he saw them, he said to them, Go and show yourselves to the priest. And as they went, they were cleansed. Then one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back, praising God with a loud voice, and he fell on his face at Jesus' feet, giving him thanks. Now, think about this. How many lepers were there? How many lepers? How many got healed? All of them got healed. How many gave thanks? But do you know what's the difference? All of them got healed. One gave thanks and only one got well. Only one got whole. I'll show you. Read. Then Jesus answered, were not ten cleansed? Where are the nine? Was no one found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? And he said to him, rise and go your way. Your faith has made you well. What's the difference between health and wholeness? The difference is you can be healed Everybody, all the ten lepers were healed, but only one was whole to a point that there was no sign of leprosy. Everybody was healed. Everybody was healed. And it was their custom that they had to show it to the priest so that they could enter back into their cities and they could reunite with their families. That was their custom. So they had to show it to the priest. But only one recognized that more than me going to the priest, I have to give thanks. He was not only healed, he was made whole. He was made whole to a point that as if there was no leprosy in him ever. He was made whole, he was made well. There's a difference between just being cleaned, just having healing, but having wholeness. Thanksgiving gives you wholeness. Don't, don't just be satisfied with healing when you can have wholeness with the Lord completeness you know the word shalom says nothing missing nothing broken god's peace nothing missing nothing broke broken it's the picture of wholeness complete wholeness not just healing but complete wholeness god has a power not just to heal you and still somebody can say yeah he looks weak probably he just got healed from cancer not just that he has the power to Make you whole. You had cancer? I can't even believe it. No signs of cancer. What's the key? Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. Every, I'm saying, I'm telling you guys, if, if, you, if you struggle with sickness at any point, or if you're praying for sickness, at any, if you're praying for somebody who's sick, any point you see a glimpse of healing in your life, give thanks. I'm saying even before you see the healing, give thanks. Because that thanksgiving has the power to open the wholeness of God into your life. Has the power to release God's Zoe life into you and bring wholeness. To a point when people see you, oh, 
really, you went through that? I can't believe it. You look so complete. You look so whole. You look so fresh. You look so energized. Are you, are you really this old? I can't believe it. You look so young. You look so energetic. You look so strong. Thanksgiving brings us health and wholeness. Similarly, I'm saying, even scientifically, even medically, they say most of diseases, you know, most of the diseases that are in the body are because we are grumbling and mumbling all the time, murmuring all the time. So many, we attract diseases because of our grumbling. Did you know that? We attract diseases because of not being grateful. But thanksgiving can open to health and wholeness. Amen? Are you being blessed? Okay, my last, last door. Thanksgiving opens the door to victorious living. Thanksgiving opens the door to victorious living. There's a story in the Old Testament in the time of King Jehoshaphat, 2 Chronicles chapter 20. The story is three kings, three nations came to attack him. If it was just one nation, he could have figured it. Two nations still he could have managed, but three nations, impossible situation. He did not know it was, it was a sudden attack. You know what they did? They start giving thanks. And you see what happens. Come with me, Second Chronicles chapter 20, verse 20 onwards. And they rose early in the morning and went out into the wilderness of Tekoa. And when they went out, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Hear me, Judah and inhabitants of Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God and you will be established. Believe his prophets and you will succeed. And when he had taken counsel with the people, he appointed those who were to sing to the Lord and praise him in holy attire as they went before the army and say, Give thanks to the Lord for his steadfast love endures forever. And see what happens. And when they began to sing and praise the Lord, the Lord set an ambush against the men of Oman, Moab, and Mount Sair who had come against Judah so that they were routed. For the men of Ammon and Moab rose against the inhabitants of Mount Sair, devoting them to destruction. And when they had made an end of the inhabitants of Seir, they all helped to destroy one another. What happened? Total confusion. Total confusion in the enemy's camp that they are killing each other. They are fighting among themselves. They came to fight and kill, destroy King Jehoshaphat and his nation, but now they're just killing themselves. Total confusion. Thanksgiving can lead you into victory. Have you, have you read the story of Paul and Silas? They were in jail. Not comfortable jail. It was prison where they were chained. But even then, they were singing songs, giving thanks in all circumstances. What does the Bible say? It says, the prison broke. All chains and shackles were broken. Thanksgiving can lead you into victory. No matter what circumstances are, I really want to encourage you, as I am, as I am dealing with my own heart, I'm, I really want to encourage you that there is no circumstance in your life where you cannot give thanks to God. Any circumstance where you can look beyond the circumstance and look at God and give thanks, you will see victory. You'll see victory. If you give thanks only when so and so happens, you're not getting the key. Give thanks in everything, in all things. Beyond these circumstances, you will have victory. What are the five, five doors? The first one is align yourself to God's character and His will. Align yourself. What does it mean? That when you give thanks, no matter what is happening around you, you have an enlightened understanding. You have an enlightened understanding. You know that things do not look, in the surface, they do not look good, but because you have an enlightened understanding, you know, God's will for me is good, pleasing, and perfect. I probably don't understand it. I don't have to understand it, but I can trust God. I can trust God that in all things, it will work out together for my good. I can trust him. So I'm saying, you, you, you probably won't know why this is happening. You probably will be clueless. But this alignment 
to God's will that, hey, don't worry. Remember, God's will is good, pleasing, and perfect. It will work out together for your benefit. It will work out together for your benefit. This enemy that is coming against you, it will work out together for your prosperity. This, this demon that is coming against you, it will work out together for your good. It will work out together for your good. There is no failure in a Christian life. I'm saying in the sense of people who are coming against you, in that sense, there's no failure because every step that you take is towards glory. You probably don't see it in the moment, but God sees the bigger picture. And he said, hey, trust me. I have it all together. You're sick? Don't worry. Trust me. This is for your good. You're going through a financial crisis? Trust me. This is for your good. You're going through this rough patch? Trust me. This is for your good. This is for your good. You don't see the bigger picture, but give thanks. Rejoice in the moment. Rejoice right now. It aligns you with God's character and His will. What's the second one? It gets you heaven's attention. The moment you give thanks, all the angels that are worshipping, they get distracted. Somebody is needing the attention of heaven. You want attention of heaven? You want your prayers to be effective? Give thanks. Enter His courts with praise. Enter His gates with thanksgiving. Give thanks. Third, Thanksgiving will multiply everything that you have. Anything that you need multiplication, give thanks. You, you say, oh, this is, this is the only amount that I have in my bank balance. Give thanks. God will multiply that. These are the only people that are there. Give thanks. God will multiply. Be Genuinely give thanks. God can multiply. Fourth, Thanksgiving gives you health and wholeness. Just does not heal you, but it can make you whole, as if the sickness was not there. Fifth, thanksgiving leads you to victorious living. Powerful? Now, remember what, what I shared with you? Spiritual growth depends on two things, attitude, aptitude. Remember that? Character of Jesus, purity of Jesus, and power of Jesus. Now, if I had to ask you, if there were two choices that were given, one is, which one do you want? Do you want the purity of Jesus or do you want the power of Jesus? Which one will you choose? The thing is, most of us, we would rather go for the power because the power of Christ is more tangible. It looks more glorious. It, it is more flashy. Right? Jesus said like this, Blessed are the pure in hearts, for they shall see God. It takes the purity of heart to genuinely give thanks. Because when you see God beyond your circumstances is when you can give thanks. You cannot give thanks when something bad has happened. You have to see God. You have to see that God is in this with me. That's only when you can give thanks. Oh God, oh you're there. Wow. Thank you, Jesus. I don't care about the circumstances. You see how purity and power, they go hand in hand? See, if you, if you think about yourself like an electrical wire that draws electricity, right? The electricity is the power of God. The quality of the electrical wire is the purity. How much electricity can it hold depends on the quality of the wire. It can probably get burnt out after a while if the quality is bad. We need both purity and the power of Christ. We need both together. Blessed are the poor. Again, blessed are the pure in their hearts for they shall see God. We genuinely don't give thanks because we, we are not able to see God in the moment. Our hearts are not pure in the moment. In the moment, you know, we're still trying to figure things out, right? By purity, I don't mean it's the opposite of sinfulness, okay? I'm trying to say by purity meaning where you, where you are able to let go of your self-efforts and you're able to trust God. Be so innocent and where you go to the borderline of being so stupidly innocent, you know? You're trusting God. 
not by my efforts, not by my understanding, but Lord, I trust you. Irrespective of these circumstances, I trust you. That's when you see God. Blessed are the pure, for they shall see God. It is when you see God that you can give thanks. Can I ask you something? You were praying for something and it didn't happen. Would you still give thanks? I'll give you an instance. You kept coming Sunday to Sunday and you kept cleaning the chairs, but nobody noticed you. Would you still give thanks to the Lord? You kept doing things in the background that nobody noticed you, nobody appreciated you, nobody affirmed you. Would you still give thanks to the Lord, knowing that what you did brings glory to the Lord? What you did reveals who God is, reveals who Jesus is. Would you give thanks to the Lord, just knowing that? I cleaned this chair, nobody appreciated it, but I know Jesus, you're being glorified. Somebody is being blessed because of my cleaning today. Would that be enough for you to glorify God? Would that be enough for you to give thanks? See, there's nothing against to wanting recognition. There's nothing against to wanting acknowledgement. But sometimes we miss the bigger picture. It's not all about us. It is about Him. It is about Him being glorified. So if your life indirectly, if Jesus has been glorified, will you be happy just knowing that? You invested into somebody's life, but they betrayed you. But even though they betrayed you, they were able to bring so many others to the Lord. Will you be just happy knowing that your investment was not a waste? So many times, you know, we get betrayed and we are like, oh, I, now I'm not going to invest in anybody. Your partner betrayed you, so you're like, oh, now I'll never have a partnership. Right? That's how we are, right? We go through betrayals, we go through heartaches, and then we make these decisions. Oh, now I'm not going to do that. Now I'm not going, I will not, never trust anybody. Never trust anybody from the church, okay? That's how we make these thoughts, right? And we dwell on them. But can we see the bigger picture? Is Jesus being glorified? I love what Paul says. He says, there are some of you who preach the gospel so that I can be persecuted, but I still praise God. At least the gospel is being preached. Can you see the bigger picture and give thanks to the Lord? Can you see the bigger picture and give thanks to the Lord? A messenger of the king is not there to be accepted, is not there to be acknowledged. Oh, wow, what a message. Oh, wow, you did a great job. The messenger of the king is there to deliver the message and to glorify the king. We are all messengers of, his, of the king. I'm just saying, ask yourself. I'm not saying that you will not get that money that you're praying for. I'm not saying that you will not get the promotion that you're praying for. But I'm saying, irrespective, if you get the promotion or not, will you still be satisfied, will be content in knowing that, yes, God, I did what you told me to do, and I know that you're being glorified. I'm okay with that. I, I, I didn't make millions of money. But I was faithful in what you told me to do. And in that, if you were glorified, I'm okay with that. Are you hearing what I'm saying? See, I'm all into blessed life. I'm all into living a life of blessing. But sometimes it goes to a point where we start coveting things. It becomes so unhealthy that it is more about the blessing than the giver. It's more about the gifts than the giver. And I'm talking about spiritual stuff. Oh, prophecy, prophecy, prophetic, 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 tongues, tongues, tongues becomes so much about the gifts where the giver is standing there and it's like so frustrated with our life. Can we take a moment to see the bigger picture? It's not the gifts, it's the giver. I'm not saying don't ignore the gifts at all. I'm not saying that. But there has to be a healthy balance where the giver takes preeminence more than the gifts. The blessings takes preeminence more than the blessing giver. To be grateful. I'm saying... I. Yesterday night, yesterday night, while I was praying, I was asking the Lord, Lord, give me a tender heart. You know, a tender heart where I can give you thanks in all things. Irrespective of how things turn out. Irrespective of, you know, whatever I imagined, how my life would be, you know. Even if it didn't turn out that way, give me a tender heart so that I can give you thanks. 
So many things, right? We get disappointed again and again because we pictured our life to be a certain way. I was supposed to get married by the age of 29. We're supposed to have children by the age of 32. You pictured your life a certain way and it doesn't happen. But you still give thanks. At least God was glorified. Jesus was glorified. Blessed are the pure, for they shall see God. Blessed are the pure. Because when you see God, you cannot not give thanks. When you see God, see, what I'm teaching you, don't take it as a formula. Oh, thanksgiving. Oh, it opens doors, da-da-da-da-da. And, you know, I'm going to just give thanks. Thank you, Jesus, for this. And you take a template and you just read it out. I'm saying genuine thanksgiving happens out of seeing God. Genuine thanksgiving happens when beyond the circumstances that is coming against you, you are able to see the goodness of God. Lord, I trust you. I trust in your nature. I stand by your word. I don't care what the circumstances are. I don't care what people are saying. I don't care what the naysayers are saying. But I will trust and I will stand on your word. That your will for my life is good, pleasing and perfect. That you will never leave me nor forsake me. That you're always there for me. That your goodness for me surpasses my understanding. I'm not going to put my mind and logical reasoning in figuring how you're going to work this out. But I'm going to take this time to give you thanks. Give you thanks. I know that I've crossed the time. But if you're with me, quickly, quickly. I just want to take you through a couple of verses in Colossians, okay? I want to show you how Paul lives his life as an example of thanksgiving. Do you know Paul, he didn't have a great life after he became a missionary. In fact, if you see his life, missionary life, was a life of struggles. He probably could have lived a comfortable life because he was a lawyer, he was an educated person, powerful, had money, he could have lived a very comfortable life. But since the day he knew Jesus, according to worldly standards, his life was not that great. But still, we see him as a hero because we don't see him in worldly standards. We see him in kingdom standards. And kingdom standards, he is a legend. See, I want to show you something. Colossians chapter 1 verse 3. This is Paul. He says, we always thank God. I underlined that always. Paul is saying, we always thank God. Not sometimes, not in a day, but always. And then he says, we always thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus, when we pray for you. Persistent prayer and thanksgiving has to go hand in hand. Your prayer and thanksgiving has to go hand in hand. We always, now what was he praying? Colossians, come, come to that same chapter, verse 9. And so from the day we heard, we have not ceased to pray for you, asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will. So what is Paul's prayer? Paul's prayer is, Lord, I pray for these people in Lighthouse. I pray that they will be filled with the knowledge of your will. What does the knowledge of God's will do? Verse 12. Giving thanks to the Father. Giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance. Paul is saying, you have to give thanks like us. And that's why I am praying that you will be filled with the knowledge of God's will. Because it is the knowledge of God's will that will give you the understanding that you have to give thanks to the Father. Because He has qualified you in an inheritance. He has qualified you in an inheritance. You did not qualify yourself. It was not your prayers that qualified you. It was not your righteousness that qualified you. It is God who qualified you in this inheritance. And give thanks. What is this inheritance? Verse 27. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Inheritance is not that one day I'll get to heaven. Inheritance is that right now, right here, Christ is in me, the hope of glory. Now if you read from verse 15 to 20, read it back at home. It tells you the description of this Christ who is in you. He's the image of the invisible God. He's the firstborn of all creation. He's the firstborn among dead. He created all things for him. For him and by him and through him all things were created. He is preeminent over everything. Whole description of Christ. And then Paul says that Christ is in you. Do we even understand what God has done in the spiritual? We are so focused. We are so focused on 
the physical reality. And I'm not saying that will not happen, but what I'm saying is when you focus on the spiritual, when we start giving thanks, is what leads way to physical reality opening up for you. Giving thanks to God the Father who has given us such rich inheritance. And then 2 verse 3, next chapter, Colossians 2 verse 3. In whom, in whom is he talking about? In Christ. In Christ are hidden all, not some, all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. This inheritance that you have is Christ in you. And still we are grumbling, we are mumbling. Why? Because we did not get what we asked for. We did not get what we expected for. But Paul is saying, hey, do you know that you have Christ in you? Do you know what are you murmuring for? I know, I know this is important. But do you recognize that Christ is in you? This image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation, the one who created everything. Do you know that he is in you and you are asking for 15,000 rupees raise and murmuring? Do you even know what God has done? Can you even imagine, can you even understand the scope of what he has done? In whom are all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge? He is in you. How ignorant can we be? Verse 6 and 7. Colossians chapter 2. Therefore, as you received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him, established in the faith. How did you receive Jesus? Just by believing, right? You received Jesus by believing? You did not go up to a mountain? You just received Jesus by believing. But listen to this. Here's the key. Just as you were taught abounding in thanksgiving. See, the day you accepted Jesus, you just received him by believing. But the faith that sustained is by thanksgiving. You keep giving thanks to God, that very same faith that got you in the kingdom, that faith will sustain you. The very same faith, when you receive Jesus and you experience the reality of the kingdom, the joy, the peace, oh my goodness, this is so amazing. God's kingdom is so great. But then somewhere it dies down. You know why? Because we start grumbling. You want to keep the reality of the kingdom alive? You want to keep that faith alive? Thanksgiving. Abounding in thanksgiving. I'll show you. Next chapter. Colossians chapter 3 verse 15. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful. So he says, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, and be thankful. Then you see, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. What is Paul saying? You want the peace of Christ that is already in you to rule your hearts? Be thankful. You want the word of Christ to dwell in you and to, and to release the reality of the kingdom? Thanksgiving. Give thanks. It is thanksgiving that gives the atmosphere for the peace of Christ to rule in your heart. And it is thanksgiving that gives the atmosphere for the word of God to dwell in your hearts and to teach you and to admonish you and to correct you and to strengthen you. Without thanksgiving, peace of Christ will be choked. The word of God will be choked. Then he says, whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of Lord Jesus, giving Thanks to God, the Father, through Him. Next chapter. I want to end with this. But this is so powerful. See this. 4 verse 2. Colossians 4 verse 2. Continue steadfastly in prayer. Then, listen to this. Being watchful in it with thanksgiving. Paul is saying, you pray, good but be watchful of what you pray. You're praying. You think your, your prayer is great. Two hours of prayer, awesome. But be watchful, be alert of what you're praying. I hope that your prayer is not a prayer of grumbling. Let it be a prayer of thanksgiving. Are we wondering why our prayers are not working? Nothing wrong with, with the delivery of prayers. Prayers need the atmosphere of thanksgiving to get heaven's attention. 
God loves people who are grateful. Bible says God loves the cheerful giver. Why does he love the cheerful giver? Because a cheerful giver is somebody who's giving from a heart of gratitude. See, so many times we lose our focus from what God has done in our spiritual life. We lose our focus because of the pressure of the society, right? Because the society tells you by this age you should do this, by this age you should be having this kind of job. and that. Because of the pressure of that, we lose out on what God has done in the spiritual. You have been given an inheritance. Christ in you, the hope of glory. The entire creation, the cosmos is looking at you and saying, Oh man, I wish you just knew what you had. You have Christ in you. The image of the invisible God, the firstborn of creation, the first among the dead. You have Christ in you. Everything was created through you and for you and by him. Everything was created through Christ. And that Christ is in you. Do you even recognize what you have? And still we have the audacity to grumble about stuff. I'm not trying to condemn you, but I'm just trying to show you. Today, God does not punish us. He does not get angry because we grumble. But he's very patient with us. But you want to see the blessings of God on your life. You want to see your prayers being effective. You want to see the key to that kingdom open. Give thanks. See God. In all circumstances that you're going through, see God. Give thanks. Give thanks. Oh man, everything failed. Everything failed. My entire family left me. Everything failed. My business has failed me. My career has failed. Huh? Everything. I'm saying everything has failed. But do you know God? That's a blessing. Do you know God? Do you know Jesus? That's a blessing. You have an inheritance in Christ. You have an inheritance. Don't forget that. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Come on, let's just close our eyes. Father, we truly want to be genuinely grateful. And deliver us from this heart of murmuring and grumbling. And teach us to give thanks in all circumstances. Teach us, O Lord. Help us to see you. Help us to see your goodness. You are so good and so patient with us. In spite of our murmuring and grumbling, you don't hold that against us. You're so good. But Father, we pray that you will teach us to see you in all circumstances. So that we genuinely give thanks. We genuinely, we give thanks. Thank you, Lord. We surrender. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.